This is Exponent Philanthropy's catalytic podcast, Conversations with Leaders at Small Foundations. Meet some of the most creative, resourceful, and risk-taking foundation people in the country. In part two of Jenny Riley's podcast, Jenny continues her chronicle of how the RX Foundation shifted its focus to helping communities develop their power and capacity to advocate for change. Jenny picks up the story by describing how she finds organizations that develop community infrastructure, advance equity, and bolster the entire ecosystem. It's a mix of every few years launching that national call for letters of interest mm-hmm. and, and using that opportunity to connect with new leaders, new organizations, new networks that we haven't yet encountered. And a, a strategy of, of being intentional and, and proactive about reaching out and finding people and organizations and networks, especially to find the folks whose voices are often not represented at the table or who we might not see represented in our own cohort. Um, So this has included, you know, uh, reaching out and developing a partnership with the New York Immigration Coalition, reaching out and developing a new relationship with the rising majority, and so it, it's it's a mixed strategy of always looking to develop new connections and relationships, but also sometimes throwing the doors wide open to, to see who we haven't met yet. When we are working to develop new funding relationships, we are doing a lot to try to get beyond the phenomenon of prioritizing the organizations with the best grant writers. Mm-hmm. to really understand the role of the organization we may be funding in their community or in their network. And that might include talking to just talking to other people who know the landscape better than we do. Um, it might also include asking for letters from partner organizations that they're going to work with over the course of the grant to better understand how is this organization positioned to um, use these resources to actually build out the capacity of this whole coalition? Mm-hmm. Or, or is this the organization that is best positioned to use to share these resources in a way that um, bolsters the ecosystem? And so I don't think we have it down perfectly, but I do think there is a way of developing your process for establishing new relationships and for coming to a a decision to fund an organization for this kind of work in a way that you are at least trying to make sure there is that accountability to the community is there and that that you really go into that relationship with an understanding of the, the role that that organization plays, how they're seen by others and their um, really their own ability to carry out that work in a way that is accountable to the community.
it takes a long-term vision to, to do this. Um, and I think it, it requires philanthropy. It requires us at the RX Foundation to let go of some of the control mm. that we might have in a more transactional relationship where we're funding a very specific program or project or service. Um, it requires us to realize that what is important isn't necessarily what we can easily count, mm. right? The number of people who come through the door or even the number of doors that were knocked on. Um, and so we have come to think about it as understanding that the real impact of these grants may happen when we are no longer actively in the picture. Mm. And, and I think of those as ripple effects, mm -hmm. right? So, so one of the things I am trying to capture in the conversations and relationships that I have with all of our partners is what is being set in motion now that is going to yield benefit later on. Or sometimes I look backwards and say, what were the ripple effects? What has happened since then that we can't necessarily take credit for? But we could say, you know, the, the work that we did together set some of that in motion was important to that coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, but, but more concretely, I think, you know, we at the RX Foundation are working toward a future where communities have power, have agency to really call on the institutions uh, in our communities like hospitals and healthcare systems, like um, elected officials and, and our system of government to do the right thing, to do the things that communities need and are asking for so that you know, we achieve a, a future where your possibilities are not unjustly limited by your identity or your circumstances. Right. So that we achieve health equity, we achieve health justice. Um, and, and, and that will look like policies that make sure every person in our community has access to health care, has insurance of some sort. Um, but it will also look like having communities that have clean, accessible water and have jobs that pay a living wage. Um, I think there are a lot of factors that will show us whether we're making progress or not toward that vision of health justice. I think the way we know whether we're making a difference is if we see the funding relationships that we have contribute to stronger leadership, stronger organizations, stronger networks, uh, in, in any given place, right? And, and we see that happening both at the state level, but also at the national level. And I think it isn't so much about wanting to know that we are doing good or that we, you know, um, can, can claim any credit for, for these other more concrete outcomes down the line. Um, but I think knowing that we are using our own power our own resources and, and relationships and capacities to be a real accomplice in working toward that future. I think mm -hmm. that feels really important to us as a foundation. Because I have a board made up of people who really understand the realities of working in complex systems, they're not afraid to take those risks towards, um, you know, towards systems change, towards investing in systems change. And I, and I think just having a board that's not afraid to take some risks 
what I can share is what I hear from my partners. And one of the things I hear is you are the only foundation that that allowed us to use the resources this way, right? You're the only foundation who has given us this kind of capacity building support or who has allowed us to um, subgrant funds in a way that allows us to build our own relationships. Um, that you are um, the only foundation that has supported our community organizing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I do hear a lot of about how we are distinctive in sort of what we fund. I also do hear from our partners about what is distinctive about how we fund. Um, and I know, you know, there's a huge an important push in philanthropy around trust-based philanthropy right now. And I think some of what we do reflects those values. To be honest, I more often think of what we do as relational philanthropy, that um, we don't use a, a grants management system with a login and a, and a you know, application that has boxes with text limits. Um, we really talk to people. Um, we try to build application and reporting systems that have a lot of flexibility and a lot of opportunity for us to really go deep with our partners about what they've done and what they've learned. Um, you know, we, we, we convene our partners, we offer additional resources through our targeted coaching program. Um, I think we've developed relationships where, you know, I, I feel best about our relationships when a partner will call me and share what's not going well. Um, and will trust me to be a thought partner in, in figuring out how they're going to move forward or how they're going to get what they need um, to solve a, a particular problem or challenge. Mm -hmm. And so those are the kinds of things I hear from our partners that I think um, that make me think we're moving in the right direction. We're certainly not doing it perfectly and we make mistakes, but I, but I think there's something important to what is guiding us um, in, in terms of how we're showing up as a funder. Yeah, I, I think one of the things I, I wanted to share is that, you know, people will often say, well, what do you mean by power? And so I just wanted to offer one definition of community power, which comes from the lead local work that was uh, supported by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. And they came up with this, this definition, that community power is the ability of communities most impacted by inequity to act together, to voice their needs and hopes for the future, and to collectively drive structural change, hold decision makers accountable, and advance health equity. And while that definition was developed with health equity in mind, I think it's a definition that a lot of us could use as a North Star, mm -hmm. um, regardless of where, what our sort of areas of focus might be. Um, and, I, and I think that, that my challenge to, to all of us is to really think about our theory of change, right? And how the choices we're making as funders, both what we fund and how we fund, how are those moving us towards the, the vision that we have, the outcomes that we're looking for, the impact that we hope to have? Um, and is there an opportunity to reorient some of that around this idea of community power in a way that would shift how we're showing up as a funder um, in a meaningful way in the communities that we care about. I think it is important 
that foundations prioritize community power um, because we do have a lot of the financial resources that can um, build and sustain work in that direction. Um, and, and there's a real opportunity for philanthropy to help. But in order to do that, we have to find a way to fund in a way that makes sure that the accountability of the folks we fund is to their community, mm-hmm. is to their base, and is their accountability should not be to us as the funders. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important distinction um, to be aware of as we figure out how to do something new in philanthropy, right? How to fund something differently. Um, the other thing that I think it it calls upon us to do is to think really creatively about the tools at our disposal and that it's not only about financial resources. In philanthropy, we often have relationships that can be valuable. We have opportunities to bring people together um, in a way that uh, can at least be perceived as um, neutral to supportive. We have, you know, we have opportunities to connect the dots and weave the network um, that we should be actively working to do in a way that can support work toward community power. Thanks to Jenny Riley for joining us. To learn more about the work of the RX Foundation, visit the Catalytic Podcast website. Look for new Catalytic Podcasts each month. Meet more creative funders. Benji Rue does the audio engineering and mixing. Our website is by Kwok Lee. Our music is by O Future. The Catalytic Podcast is made possible by grants from two Exponent members, the 1772 Foundation and the Blackstone Ranch Institute. I'm your producer and host, Andy Carroll. Thanks for listening. Join us next time.